Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Thursday evening and the thunder is underway. It is Bathurst week 2021 and there's nothing like a bit of akadaka to get you in the mood. Welcome to Race Control here on SENZ and SEN around Australia. Stephen McIvan, four-time Bathurst champion Greg Murphy at the estate out in the Hawks Bay. Murph, it's Bathurst week. Feels good, right? A little different not being there, but it's still Bathurst week, buddy. Yes, mate. Uh, and I am got so many screens in front of me right now because I am actually watching. Uh, practice two on the mountain as we speak, keeping up to speed with what is going on. I've obviously had practice one already today where Cam Waters set the tone pretty early on. And I don't know if you picked up, Stephen, were you aware that uh, pretty much 14 months on from when he was fastest in practice one last year, he goes practice one fastest again, you know, 14 months later. No, months I did later. not. I did not pick and up did. on that. The I, no, no, no. That's not even the cool part. What's the cool part? The cool part is he did the identical time to four decimal places, 10 thousandths, as he did last year in the same practice session. Oh, my goodness. The identical call time. You're fiddling with your remote control. I can't. I can can't. No, you. I am. I'm trying to pick it up. I, this blimmin' screen doesn't have Bathurst on it. It's killing me. But never mind. Moving on. Chaz Mosser was second. So uh, so is he leading at the moment in practice too, Well, that's Cam? probably good. Mustn't have Sky Sport. Well, it does. It's got okay. Sky Sport. I just doesn't seem to have the Bathurst channel. No. In, anywho, no, busy old show tonight. Coming in just a moment, we're going to talk to Remy Gardner. You're not listening. You're not focused. I am focused. I'm just telling you what's going to come up on the show. Will you settle down? Young Kiwi racer Caleb Natoa before eight o'clock and then it's a it's a big old Bathurst hour after eight SVG uh, Anton Di Pasquale and Barry Ryan who runs Erebus Motorsport I you know what I hope Erebus have a good run this weekend I really do I'd like to see Will Brown really push that car I don't know well current are you there well currently in practice two the co-drivers, David yeah. Russell driving the 99. Okay, we're going to have a few techno problems with Murph. We'll see get that sorted. This is Race Control at 7.03. Coming next, Remy Gardner, Moto2 World Champion. 
Craig Lowndes has gone to the top of the co-drivers pile with a 206-154 uh, and their co-driving session at the Bathurst 1000. Uh, Wayne Gardner was the 1987 500cc world champion. The 500ccs were the precursor to MotoGP. His son, Remy, started to get on a bike at four years old. Last week, Remy became the Moto2 GP, sorry, just the Moto2 world champion and he joins us right now from Spain. Mate, you're a world champion. Is it the realization of a child dream? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, I think it's a childish dream for anyone who races motorcycles. So, you know, uh, yeah, I still kind of can't believe it's happened. You know, it hasn't really gone through my head yet, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's getting there, it's getting there. Yeah, I mean, you grew up on bikes. There was probably no way it was going to not happen, right? Well, I mean, there's always a possibility, you know. Everyone, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of kids that grow up on motorcycles, and you know, there can only be one winner at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it definitely could have not happened. You know, there was a lot of tough years where it didn't look like anything was going to happen, not even a podium in the world championship. So, um, in the end, you know, it's was, it was a big relief. I mean, I know it sounds a little crazy. You've lived in the shadow of Dad for so long. Do you think that was a curse? I always thought about, you know, I'm not dad and he's a completely different person. I'm doing my thing. So, you know, I never really felt the pressure, to be honest. But, you know, I didn't really ever think about it as a curse. No, but I'm some, or some would suggest there's always been a heavy weight on the shoulders. And I go back to that year in 2018. You, you break a couple of legs and an ankle and you go, do you, do, you, do you go, oh, is this all worth it? Yeah, for sure. You know, there's been times where, you know, I've, you know, doubted whether to keep going or not. You know, it's been some hard times, but definitely, definitely, definitely. But, uh, you know, I'm glad I hang in there. <laughs> yeah, what, what drives you, though? Well, what keeps you in that zone to go, no, I'm still not done with. This is where I want to be. Uh being world champion <laughs> being world champion and, and winning I guess so uh, yeah I think uh, you know winning I think more than anything is the drive that simple yeah I mean yeah winning and and uh, I guess yeah it's just Kicking everyone's ass is what drives me. <laughs> you know, you, you started out quite young, but but we've been discussing over this past year how many young kids there are racing in Moto Three, and Moto Two, and and the packed fields. Uh, are the fields too big? I think that it's got nothing to do with how many riders there are on the grid, but more about the class itself. Um, you know, I'm sure if you put well, I think in Moto Two, we're about the same amount as riders as the Moto Three guys, and you know. Not been any tragedies in Moto Two ever, I think. So, I think it's more of a, a thing about the actual regulations of the class, as, as Moto Three is so important a draft, and really it does make all the time in the world. So, you know, that's why the whole grid is bunched up, and they can all follow each other, and that's why they're just so close. And another thing is, I think it's really good that they're putting in this age limit because you know, I think there's a lot of young kids with a lot of pressure, and myself as well at the same. Um, that you know, under pressure to perform, and and they go out and they do silly things. When you're a kid, you're not you know mature as you are when you're 21. So you're moving up to to MotoGP, which is pretty exciting. You've had your first test on the on the Red Bull. What was what was it like, man? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, we tested in in uh, Valencia, uh, Valencia, Mizano, um, before Texas halfway through the season. So. 
you know, I already knew what it was going to be like, but uh, yeah, I mean, they did, you know, 30 odd laps to just get a taste of it, but uh, definitely loved it. And as soon as I got back on it in, in Jerez, it was, uh, <laughs> that power never gets old, you know, it's, uh, it's always fun to <laughs> go down the straight. What about the handling compared to the Moto2 box? How different is it? Yeah, honestly, they're, they're pretty good. Um, I think the tyres as well have a lot to say in that, but, uh, you know, the, the, the corner speed is actually a lot higher as well, and the, the rear grip, there's a lot more rear grip on, on a new tyre, and, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty gnarly. And, actually, I was pleasantly surprised with how the KTM handles. I mean, it's probably not the fastest-turning bike in the world, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, quite a stable front end for braking and, and quite good on grip. So I, I quite enjoyed the bike and I think it's got some potential. I mean, I'm sure if you ask me in six months, I'll say it's, a, it's, it's not the best bike, but, <laughs> you know, the first impression is not bad. Yeah, I mean, the one thing we, we love about watching MotoGP is the ability to late brake. Is that the sort of bike you've got on your, under your, this next year? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's, uh, it's an incredibly late braking bike. Um, you know, it's got a good stable front end, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, the corner speed is where, you know, I think keeps them a little bit lacking. But I'm sure, I think they're working on that for the, the next year's bike, which I'll try in January, in January. How important was it to have this deal done before the season was over so you could concentrate on the 2021, knowing where you were going next year? Uh, you mean the, the, the GP contract? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a bit... You know, with the results I had, you know, even after the first three or four races, it was kind of pretty obvious, and, you know, where it was going. And, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really too worried about that. You know, I was more focused on, on you know, finishing the races, you know, in a good position and in my championship. Man, you you were so Australian, man. You were so you were so la- you were so laid back. I mean, this that really just blows my mind. Considering how quick and how dangerous the sport you are in, Raúl Fernández, him pushing you all the way. How good was that for the championship this season? Yeah, for sure. As a spectator's point, it has been amazing. You know, <laughs> for me and, uh, and for us too, it wasn't as it wasn't as fun. You know, a bit more pressure on both of us, but. Uh, you know, it was being good to have him in, in the team, you know, as, uh, as a good reference. And, you know, I think we learned a lot each, uh, for each other. Um, I'm sure he'd say the same thing. And uh, I think that's, you know, obviously why we were such a strong team together. So uh, it, was, it was good. It was tense in the end, for sure. It was very intense. But, uh, you know, um, I managed to handle the pressure and, and came out on top. Do you think the idea of that, okay, I need to finish uh, above 11th, you know, I need to finish 10th and, and, and do the job, do you think that's a, a maturing of you as a rider going forward? Just getting the job done? Yeah, I mean, you know, there was not much else to do that day. You know, you've got to be an idiot to, to throw it down the road, right? you know. Just, uh, you know, the, the job was finished and, and, you know, just uh, go and enjoy my last Moto2 race. Yeah, and, and having Dad there, how important was that? Uh, didn't really change much for me. Well, well, we won't pass that on. Um, I'm told Danny Pedroso was at the last, the, the recent test, uh, passing on, on his advice. Yeah, yeah, Danny was there, so uh, it was good to have him there, and you know he's got lots of experience, which is always nice. And uh, yeah, it's good to have him out on the track at the spot. What What did he say to you? Uh, yeah, just that I looked a bit tense on the bike, uh, but that would have been probably because of my ribs. <laughs> <laughs> but going forward, uh, where does the excitement level sit at? Uh, with Danny? No, no, for MotoGP next year, man. 
Hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't wait. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a completely new adventure and still a lot to learn. You know, um, you know, by uh, you know the tires and and everything that it goes with electric electronics and everything you know new on the bike. So there's still a lot to learn, but you know, it's always it's always nice to start a new project, a new challenge, and you know, it's gonna they're a really fun bikes. So I can't wait to. I just start testing in January. Is there much expectation on performance for 2022? Uh, yeah, of course. There's always an expectation to perform, you know, and I think in MotoGP it's even more cutthroat. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, have to be on it pretty fast, which, uh, you know, it's not, there's no year for, you know, sitting on your ass and doing nothing, you know, it's, it's always pushing and, and trying to improve. So, um, yeah, just got to, just got to keep trying to push. <laughs> no, no, fair play. Uh, you've been in Spain for such a long time and you've ridden over so close to what, 100 races. You must feel it, even at the young age of 23 heading to 24, you're a bit of a veteran out there on the circuit. Yeah, I mean, I guess nowadays, you know, uh, I'm an old an old boy on, on, on the track, you know, all these young kids coming through. But, uh, yeah, I've um, been yeah, nearly 10 years in Spain, so, you know, kind of it's where my home's at. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say I'm starting <laughs> starting to, I mean, a mid mid midlife career at the moment. I think. <laughs> Surely, uh, the experience gives you that slight edge. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what paid off this year. You know, um, the experience. You know, just knowing when to push, when not to push, and uh, you know, I think that's what you know. The maturity came out, and and the experience, and. And finishing the races when uh, when it was com- when it was complicated, you know, I think that was that was what got us the championship. So, how would you describe Ruby Gardner and his racing style that we can look forward to in twenty twenty two? I don't know. Yeah, um, probably very slidey on the rear. So, I think you're going to see some big old nice slides on the GP bike. So, dirt tracks, I think. So, Ruby Gardner slidey twenty twenty two. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like that. What I grew up in, exactly. Yeah, Remy, thanks so much for giving us your time, and once again, congratulations, twenty twenty one Moto Two champion. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the time, Remy. I appreciate it, buddy. No worries. Remy Gardner out of Spain, Moto Two world champion is 7.18 here on Race Control. Pretty laconic, Murph. Laid back, uh, no fuss. 100 races in his only 24, coming up 24. Yeah, exactly. 100 races. Yeah, 100 uh, races. Very quickly. Um, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got some characteristics and sort of sounds a little bit like his, his old man in some ways. Um, uh, but he's also, you know, got his own uniqueness about him mm-hmm. as well. But, I mean, he's uh, going to... I think going to be very successful moving forward. Um, you know, he just seems to have matured so much in the last little short while, and 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 then with that has come so much success. Mm. Um, I really hope it does carry through, and that and that he is going to be a force to be reckoned with um, moving forward. Next year is obviously going to be a very much a learning year, but KZM are. are uh, they are committed. They are seriously, seriously, seriously committed and, and obviously got a huge amount of respect for him and believe in his ability. And him and Raul Fernandez are going to be uh, a pretty interesting combination to watch very, very closely next year. I think Fernandez is the one that he's going to have to watch out for. I think Fernandez looks to me like the complete natural, right? You know, Remy's doing yeah, he's it. a little Remy. bit more. 
Remy's doing it the hard He's way. He's a little bit right? more Marquez, yeah. Marquez-like, isn't he? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. cool. All right. So that's, that's Moto2 world champion. We've actually spoken on Sky Speed to his dad, Wayne Gardner, as well. And Man, he's a, you know Wayne pretty reasonably well, don't you? Uh, yeah, reasonably well. He, as I say, he's an absolute character. Um, uh, and, and a little bit different to, to Remy. Um, Wayne is very hard to shut up, whereas uh, <laughs> Remy um, is uh, the opposite to that a little bit uh, from the interview just then. But, uh, yeah, it's he's... He is just a yeah an Australian icon and, and world champion on a motorbike. I mean um, that uh, that puts you right up there with uh, with the greatest of all sports people. Rather them than me. This is race control. They're good friends at Repco. It's seven twenty with Murph and McIver. Coming next, we're going to talk to another youngster, a Kiwi youngster who uh, likes to go fast on four wheels. Stick with us. Twenty-five with Stephen and Murph, and just an update, Murph. It's it's all going on. The the two the two cars that you said people should watch out for the Waters car and the Mostert car. Their co-drivers nailing it at the moment. Well, I said they should be watching out for a few more than that. I think. I mean, Garth Tand is right there in fourth as well. But definitely the Holdsworth Mostert pairing is a hot one. The Moffat uh, Waters pairing yeah. definitely without doubt. I mean, consider if you can remember how quick um, Cam Waters was at Bathurst at the beginning of the year when they started, and also at the end of last year when they uh, did the the one thousand mm-hmm. there again. Um, he pushed Shane Van Gisbergen all the way, so very very fast, and he was fastest in the P one this morning. The co-drivers are in the car. Holdsworth is quickest. He's only, I think it was just under a tenth or a tenth of a second slower than what Chaz Mosdit did this morning or earlier, early this afternoon in the first session. So that is amazing to see that the co-driver, um, Lee Holdsworth, only so, so close to what uh, the main driver, Chaz Mosdit, was doing. And Moffat the same, very, very close to uh, what Cam Waters did this morning. So, uh, yeah, it's very exciting at the moment. Good conditions there at Bathurst. There was a little bit of rain to start the session, but that's cleared up. The sun's out, and I would say that the temperature's there right now would just be uh, absolutely perfect for roaring a, a supercar around the mountain. Yeah, so those, looking good. Those co-drivers putting it on the 205s, which is was just pretty yeah. quick to say the least. 725. Uh, if you're stuck in quarantine and you're a motor racer, probably nothing better. And hopefully they've got Sky Sport 5 and they're watching Bathurst. Caleb Nator, who's in quarantine at the MIQ, uh, having come back from his uh, time in the States, uh, joins us right now. G'day, Caleb. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, no, it's good. Mate, we're good. Do you ha- do you have uh, Bathurst on? Yep. No, I've got Bathurst set up in my um in my quarantine spot, watching watching all the Kiwis do amazing things at Bathurst. Uh, bit gathering that I couldn't be there this year, but um, no, it's good to watch them. Would you Would you have potentially done the S five thousands? Yeah, at the beginning of the year, there was the goal to be able to um, go back and compete in the S five thousand championship again. Um, sadly, with just how MIQ things are here in New Zealand I just missed out but um, yeah it would have been nice to be there for sure Mate uh, tell us what's been going on you've just arrived back from the United States of America been over there what how long have you been there six eight weeks or so uh, give us a rundown on the on the trip and, and what it involved what you've been doing Yeah so I, I've been over in America for the last two months now um, we went over there to, to compete in the Formula Regional Championship with Kiwi Motorsport um, and just kind of introduce myself over over there in, in the states. Obviously, the goal now is to to focus on the IndyCar dream um, on the IndyCar program. So, just go over there, compete in the FR Championship. I, I had a good weekend at the Circuit of Americas. Um, struggled a little bit, but thoroughly enjoyed it. And to be honest, I can't wait to go back. So you're talking about the IndyCar dream. So okay, what's you want to go back? So what are we going back to? Is is there a drive organised already? 
so so next year the the goal is definitely to try and go back to America again and, and race in the FR America's Championship. So at the end of the year, the prize is um, to help you to make that next step into into Indy Lights, which obviously is just below IndyCar. So we're trying to make that plan now. Um, so while we're back in New Zealand, we'll we'll try and get the funding to go back for sure. Uh, for those uh, people that are listening and, and maybe aren't quite sure about what you're talking about championship-wise, um, the FR over there is, is like Formula 3. Is that right? Yeah, so the FR championship is fairly new over there. Um, so it's basically a regional Formula 3 car, similar to what we run here in New Zealand with the New Zealand Grand Prix and the Toyota Racing Series. Um, so it's just a 2-litre Honda turbo engine with um, a Formula, Formula regional chassis. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty similar to that. Caleb, I'm intrigued to know because Murph and I, you know, both love IndyCar and, and and it's been just such a magnificent championship and, and it continues to get better. What is the uptake for fans in open wheel racing right now in America like? Oh, I think it's just growing bigger and bigger. I think IndyCars, um, you've got a lot of young names like New Garden and all those guys coming up through now. And we've, we've got two Kiwis in there at the moment, which is awesome. Um, the speed from IndyCar and obviously it's still got that that raw noise from the open wheelers that we all love. So um, it's definitely getting bigger in America and New Zealand, and I think it's just going to carry on growing. Uh, the, the two Scots that you, um, you know, mentioned there who are in IndyCar at the moment and doing amazing things, just as I actually look at... Uh, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. I'm watching, watching Bathurst, and there's been a big crash at, uh, at the Forest Elbow as well. I think, uh, who's that? That is... Uh, Pither, is it? Yeah, it is. Chris Pither's just had a crash in the <laughs> Commodore. <laughs> is that, is that, is that, that's that not funny. Is that McCauley? Yeah, don't laugh. That's oh, not very nice. Know, McCauley had trouble this morning I with know. a with a problem with that car, with a steering issue with that car, and oh, now it's in the fence. So oh, that's not that, uh, that a good. laughing matter by any means. So poor Chris, is, something's gone wrong there. Uh, and there's a replay just about to start. I think he's just actually, he may have clipped the inside wall, actually. Yeah, he has. He's clipped the inside wall, I think, um, at oh. Forest Elbow and gone straight into the fence. So, um, bit of a rookie error there and lucky to be missed by uh, someone coming down the fence let's have a look in car yes definitely clip the inside wall so that's uh that is a not a not a good result there so sorry Kayla back to it I mean did you um have uh, a chance to to talk to the Scots the great Scots over there uh, sadly I didn't I know Scott um went back to Europe to, to spend some time with family I was going to try and catch up with him um, but obviously because all the IndyCar season was basically wrapped up. Um, I did manage to, to speak to Brendan Harley while I was over there. He gave me a few tips on the Secret of America and, and Shane Magisbeck oh, as well. Good. So it was cool to get the support from those guys. Um, but definitely when I go back, I'd, I'd love to be able to um, have the opportunity to catch up with either of the Scots. It'd be cool. So you, you've got um, some opportunities with teams, though, uh, sort of lined up, ready to go. I, I assume it's, it's now the... The you know the situation of having to go out there and put your hand and hat out and try and get the cat some cash together. Yeah, definitely. So I've been speaking to a few teams. Obviously, Kiwi Motorsport were um, were a massive support to me and to give me the opportunity to get over there. Um, and we'll, we'll keep an eye out. Obviously, we've, we've spoken to a few teams so far. Um, so we're just going to have to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm back in New Zealand, so I'm just going to catch up with all my supporters and sponsors and. Um, go over how this year went and obviously now focus for um, yeah, 2022 to try and get back over there. Is it an easier type of way to get into open wheel racing at a higher level than going to Europe by going to America? Um, I think 
I think it's probably either way. I mean, obviously, Europe, you, you've got the formula, the road to Formula One. Um, and obviously, there's only 20 seats in, in a year. So I think a lot of people are looking at the transition to IndyCar. Obviously, you've got people like the Freeze and stuff like that who are, who are starting to move to um, to America and chase their IndyCar dream. I, I think it's it's still equally as hard. I think people say that the competition quite isn't as fierce in America, but I didn't find that when I was over there. I think there's, there's still... All the fast drivers still trying to get to the top, so but no, I think it is a good opportunity, and um, it's just getting bigger, bigger. So it's going to get harder, but it's an awesome opportunity. Has that has that been uh, sort of your focus? I mean, we haven't probably spoken about it much. I mean, we obviously have caught up plenty of times before, but um, I'm not sure if I've spoken about it. If IndyCar was the goal, you know, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago for you, was that was that really where you want to head? Or have you, have you sort of had a bit of a refocus and aimed all your efforts in that direction? Uh, I think... Every kid's dream um, starting out is Formula One, obviously, because that is the, the pinnacle of the of the sport. Um, but just later of years, I've started to watch more of IndyCar, and I'm just starting to enjoy it more and more. I think it's still kind of that raw raw racing, obviously, Formula One is, but I think that IndyCar is a little bit more. So um, no, the more I'm watching it, the more I'm loving it and enjoying it, but... Yeah, we'll just, yeah. How, how, how important was it, you know, picking up, having a good TRS series, getting pole in the New Zealand Grand Prix? How important was that when you were looking for sponsors and, and looking at teams in America that to, for them to go, oh, the kid can drive? Yeah, no, definitely. The, to be able to race in the Toyota Racing Series this year was massive for me. And obviously, it's always um, was a bit of a dream for me, watching on the backs of Manfield and stuff like that. So to be able to go there and, Obviously, race the Grand Prix against against Murphy and Dingersberg and people like that, and to um, manage to stick it on pole was was pretty awesome. And I think um, I was lucky enough to have a lot of people from worldwide see that, um, and it definitely helped for sure. Being able to get some some sponsors and supporters, and um, it was pretty pretty crazy that some people over in America actually heard about that. So it was pretty cool. Murph said they were hard to drive because he's getting a little bit older in the arms. Were they hard to drive those TRS cars? Yeah, no, definitely. That's probably the most physical car I've, I've had to drive, um, definitely in the shoulders, obviously. Um, just with the way we set up the car to be fast, it does make the steering um, quite heavy. But Toyota and um, all those guys have made a, a wicked job to make the steering rack lighter and stuff like that, and they're just getting better and better. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like next year for sure. So, yes, you're back. Uh, got a few more days, obviously, sitting in the box, uh, twiddling your fingers. Um, I hope you're doing plenty of press-ups and, and uh, sit-ups and bits and pieces while you're doing that. Um, and then and then getting set for the New Zealand Grand Prix. Anything else sort of uh, laid out in front of you while you're back home? Um, not, not at this stage. I think the focus is definitely to get to the New Zealand Grand Prix this year. Obviously, um, I'm in the running with the, the Castro ambassador for New Zealand, so obviously Castro has um, put that up for, for young Kiwi drivers like myself, and which is an amazing opportunity. So um, to be able to get in the hunt for that and to be able to hopefully go back and compete in the New Zealand Grand Prix again would be awesome. And I think the, the goal is, is still the same, to be able to go back, stick it on pole, and, and um, try and wrap it up next year. But at the moment, yeah, I'm just... Sitting in my um, quarantine room, I've got a, I've got a watt bike from uh, Richard Gee, which was awesome, keeping me nice and fit. So, just got to keep the fitness up over Christmas, and yeah, definitely have that focus towards the the Grand Prix. When you look ahead, 
what if what if it doesn't work out? What if what if you can't get a drive? What, what, what's the what's plan B? Because we always talk about how hard it is for young drivers to to actually have to go out and and get money, which because it's an expensive uh, occupation. What's your plan B? Honestly, I think um, I've been doing it for fourteen years now. I think um, if you're not completely focused on on the goal, I think it's a little bit of a distraction. So. Um, I haven't got a plan B at the moment, but I think I'm driven and, and hard-working enough that I will make it work out. So um, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So I'm just going to keep chasing as hard as I can, work as hard as I can, and, and just see where it takes me. Is it true there's a ghost in your room? So I, I have heard stories about um, about my room in quarantine that there is a ghost that wanders up and down the hallway. Um, I just heard about it just the other day, actually, and I was... I wasn't trying to get too into it because um, I'm not too sure about that. But yeah, which, I have which hotel, mate? Um, which hotel? Um, I think everyone needs to know which hotel you're in. Yes, I'm in the Grand Millennium, and apparently it's it's the 11th floor. Apparently there was a murder that happened from from a natural a driver a few years ago. I'm not too sure completely on the story, but um, <laughs> I've heard about that. And and you're yeah. in the same room? Are you in the same room? I've been told I'm in the same room, but I'm going to tell myself that I'm not. I'm going to tell myself it was it was down the hallway or something like that. Nowhere near me. <laughs> You're not superstitious now, are you? Oh, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Caleb, thanks for giving us your time in MOQ. I mean, there's there's plenty of motorsport. It'll be easy. If, uh, when do you get out, by the way? When do you get out? Um, so I think I'm able to home quarantine on the 8th of December, um, but hopefully I'll be back at a car track as soon as I get out on the 11th. So, uh, what dates? What day? What day is it today? It's the first, right? First, yeah. Is it the first or second uh, today? I don't know. Second today. Okay, so you, well, you got, you got, you have Sunday sorted because you're Bathurst and the top ten shootout on Saturday. You, you'll be fine, Caleb. Thanks for giving us your time, mate, and uh, happy Christmas, buddy. Thank you. You guys as well have a good Christmas and a New Year. Thank you. Thanks, mate. See you soon, mate. Caleb Nartour, uh, another one of these talented young Kiwis having to make their way through the greats. Gee, Murph, I mean, you've done it. You've, you know, how tough is it for these kids in this country to go out and knock on doors and, and, and economic times like they are and say, hey, give me some money? Well, he's he he's actually a little bit fortunate, like there is like a lot of Kiwis, is that uh, we we do have an incredible support network of people here that um, like to you know get behind young Kiwi race car drivers. I mean, there's just so many examples of it. We've talked about it before. Mm. So he's he's proving that he's got the drive and and to want to do it and and go out there and and that's what that's what people want to see. They want to see these young drivers knocking on the doors themselves and and putting themselves out there to to say you know this is what I want I want you know I want to prove that I can do the job and uh, here I am um, you know wanting to um, showcase not just my driving but the fact that I'm a, a good human and willing to to put the effort in and, and he he certainly fits fits that uh, that's that cut pretty well so you know it, it's still a challenge because um, it costs so much to go and do what he's going to do next year in, in America you know, we're probably talking 350 US or something, 300 US. That's, I would that's the step below, Indy. What's that? The step below. Oh, it's, it, well, it's often it's on a bit of a tangent, yeah. um, the FR Championship. So uh, American F4 
yeah. and FR, as they call it, uh, sort of run side by side, whereas the road to Indy, as we've known it, that Hunter McElroy has been doing, um, is sort of as, as, a, as parallel. But you can always move across. So he wants to go and get uh, experience uh, probably uh, in a championship that, that may be a little bit easier to, to get the um, – not to get the funding for, but to go and compete in just to do the learning and then shift across to one of the other feeders that um, uh, follow into Indy Lights and then into IndyCar, as I say, just like uh, Hundle McElroy is doing next year with Andretti Autosports. So so there's many options, but it is about getting experience in America, on American racetracks, um, in in these single-seater race cars, and and um, this is just one of the pathways to go and do it. How cool is this, though, right? Because you, you would have thought maybe, I don't know, let's think, if, if Scott McLaughlin wasn't an Indy, you know, we wouldn't probably be talking so much about single-seaters. But when you now that he's there, and then suddenly there's so many kids driving single-seaters that the, the first thought is not about supercars because the options are now... Oh. Are, well, am I right or am yeah, I... They, no, they're all. They were always there. They've, they've you know, there's, there's been no shortage of, um, of young drivers wanting to go down this path. Yeah. I mean, um, we can highlight Marcus Armstrong, highlight uh, uh, Liam Lawson um, of recent times. But if you think about TRS, you know, yeah, we, we probably haven't had as many Kiwis going through TRS as, as what we would like to be. Yeah. Uh, it's been more full of the Euros and bits and pieces. But you know, I mean, you're right. Twenty. 2021 has seen, you know, the likes of Billy Fraser over there doing his thing as well. Peter Vidanovic was over there. Um, Caleb didn't, yep. uh, he went, he went and did, late, yeah. um, obviously, S5000. S5000 in, in Australia did a couple of rounds, so he was a bit late and he was late getting over there, but he just went over to check it out for one round. Um, I've always been watching single-seaters very, very closely and because I'm a, I'm a big fan yeah. of it and that's where I wanted to go. Um, so, you know, we've had maybe a few extra in the last this year I suppose maybe putting um, putting their names up there and Hunter's been there for now a little while building his way through it he hasn't done any racing well hasn't done a lot of racing in New Zealand but but um, you know he's been in America now for three years so um, that's uh, that's a fair bit of time um, already gone by and, and thank goodness he's um, going to have a shot at the the, wow. the step to IndyCar next year it's going to be awesome yeah man when, when, when we interviewed him what, a couple of weeks ago wasn't it and, he to- and we confirmed yeah. that he's going to Andretti you go he's got he can he's quick but if you get in a team that's got a good kit uh, then everything changes you know and, and that's really exciting for someone like Hunter you're listening to Race Control with our good friends at Repco here on SENZ 0800 if you want to talk to Murph about your, your favourite Bathurst memory yeah. Bathurst week right Let's not forget about or that. someone else's. Let's talk about someone else's. Don't have to talk about mine. Thanks oh, no, much. no. We'll guess what is, what is your favourite yeah. Bathurst memory? It's 741-0800-150811. What's your favourite Bathurst memory? Because coming up after eight, first up after eight will be SVG, champion elect for supercars in 2021, followed by Anton Di Pasquale, and then the boss of Erebus Racing, and that is Barry Ryan. So stay with us. 0800-150811. Tell us your best Bathurst memory. Seven forty-six. This is race control on a Thursday nationwide with Stephen and, and Greg. Nationwide in New Zealand, the SCNZ, and if you're listening on the SCN app in Australia, happy Bathurst week to you. F1 this weekend, Murph. This new track in Saudi Arabia, the Jeddah Corniche Circuit. They've got a they've got a twelve mm. degree bank at twenty-seven corners, and there's already concerns that it might be too quick. 
And there's some safety concerns. Some of them are going too quick. Oh, my gosh. And a lot of sand about the place on the Red Sea, coming off the Red Sea and, you know, the beaches around there. So I find that I'm a little excited about this one because this title race between uh, Max and Lewis is going down to the wire. Yeah, it is. Um, you think they would have thought about all those things when they designed it, you know, with the track. It's only just been you know? finished, for goodness sake. Why would there be? Why would you have concerns now when it's already been done and got <laughs> signed off by everybody, by the FIA, everything, and, and all of a sudden they're starting to go, oh, is it going to do this? And is it going to yeah. be the biggest unknown of the season and the fastest street circuit and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> can you, it's can like, you, oh, oh. Can you imagine going there and going, oh, this is quicker than I'm used to, and there's a bit of sand. You can, can, sand must be horrible, right? How dangerous would it be? Oh, yeah. That would be just... It's terrible. You'd be, your sphincter would be tightening all the way around that, wouldn't you, if you're not... A quick track coming to a quick straight coming to a corner. and There's a bit of sand around it. You get it wrong. Oh my goodness! I mean, you've well, yeah, to Hopefully, there's no um, blizzards or anything <laughs> or whatever they call them over there. Sandstorms or whatever this. I think they call sandstorms. It's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah, it's not... an interesting one. The whole whole thing about going to Saudi Arabia and um, Lewis Hamilton. I wasn't holding back really at uh, at um, the last round either. Where were they? What was it called? Qatar. Um, or Qatar. Qatar, that's right. Yeah. And just around, you know, all the uh, human rights situation. He's entitled, he's entitled to all of that, but I just thought... Of course I, he is, but I, what I'm saying, what yeah. I'm saying is that it's um, it's an interesting one. You know, these Formula One going to these venues and these circuits, ka-ching, um, you know. Ka-ching, is it, ka-ching, yeah, and that's it. You know, is it are they doing it all for the, course for the right reasons? No, no, they're not. No, no, it's always they're doing it for money. the right reasons. Yeah. Are they doing it for the right reasons? And, and uh, you, plenty would answer that uh, or argue that uh, maybe it is not. So if I'm going to give uh, Lewis a pat on the back, it would be for standing up for what he believes, and that yeah. would be a good good thing. So anyway, we'll see what happens yeah. there. But I'll, I'll definitely be uh, having a look to see what it looks like. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested to know what you think about the potential in 2026. Audi and Porsche popping back into F1 because they're going to change the engine at that point. Well, who knows what it's going to be. Uh, but they start because of the sustainability. The F1 are all about sustainable fuels. They're green arm, so to speak. And uh, Bra- uh, Ross Braun has suggested that Audi and Porsche, because of that sustainability factor, want to get themselves into F1. And man, you get a couple of big donkeys like that, and then suddenly uh, you're, you're now an even bigger deal, I would say. Nah, yeah, yeah nah. but they've been they've been in and out. I mean, Porsche have. Um, I mean, they've had their had their play before previously, um, but it's now a different. It is definitely a different era with, you know, the the hybrid technology and and you know renewable fueling, oh, not fuel, biofuels and all this kind of stuff. So I suppose, you know, they've pulled out. Well, sorry, Audi have pulled out of um, Formula E, uh-huh. and uh, so has Mercedes. So um, because they're going off to chase different directions and they think that they've learnt, you know, what they need to uh, from that championship, and I don't know what they learnt from it, to be honest. Um, it'll be, I think they're probably just uh, saying that in some respects, but, um, you know, they're continuously developing and, and looking for, for new ways to, uh, to spend their money and invest their money. Okay, so okay, it'll okay. be great. I think it'll be... Here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. For you, what's the perfect engine on an F1 car? If you're sensible going forward. What's the perfect power unit? Well, if you're going to be sensible going forward, <laughs> I think they need one that um, I think they need one that sounds better than what they've got. So, yeah. I think it needs to have more cylinders and, and, and maybe rev a little bit more. Um, but um, you know, the hybrid thing 
I think has become um, a, a part of the future big time. And I am a fan of, I am, I, I appreciate You are a hybrid fan, I know and this. I think that, and I think hybrid is the way to go, um, not pure electric. So I think where they're at now is, is, is the future for quite a long time, I hope. And, and if uh, someone like Porsche chooses to, to get involved, in it, that, would, that would be amazing for Formula One. Oh, so, I, I mean, 2022 is going to be pretty interesting for lots of reasons. And I, I hope it does deliver in the racing competition side of things as well as not just the technology side. I'm looking forward to the new cars, those big wider wheels. I just saw another picture of them today and they, they just... They just eek or look like a, a flasher indie car you know the bigger wider wheels that the the so the, the sort of symmetry is all going to be similar right so they're going to be able to play well, to it's make... not wider they're, they're not wider wheels no, no, no. they're actually no, they're bigger. just a bigger a bigger diameter a bigger, the wheel a bigger is a bigger diameter, diameter. Right. okay but yeah, it's, so it looks wider. cool man I've, I've got i've got this hope that there will be more contenders for the crown next year as it is with indie car because the cars are hopefully closer and they're going to have uh, budget caps on everybody as well. So uh, who uses their money better? I mean, it's going to be fascinating next year. Well, that's what I said. You know, I'm, I'm hoping the competition does I wasn't um, listening. Was I not change. Listening? You weren't listening again. Oh, um, uh, I hope the competition is a, is a lot better than what it has oh. been. I mean, t- a two-horse race is better than a one-horse race. So we've been treated to uh, <laughs> quote, a good battle this quote, year. Quote of the year. <laughs> but um, but it needs to be more than that, you know. There needs to be needs to be like what like what MotoGP is with bloody, you know, twelve bikes at the end of a race separated by five six seconds. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's oh, yeah, what we man. that's yeah. what we need more of in Formula One, especially when they spend as much money as what they do. Uh, sad news this week: uh, the passing of Sir Frank Williams at age seventy nine, quietly in his sleep on Sunday. Uh, when he was with Williams, they won sixteen World Drivers titles and championships. And when you look at who he had under him and, and his tutelage. Uh, Alan Jones, he had Mansell, Prost, Senna, Rosberg, Nelson Piquet, and, and you think back, you close your eyes and think of the cars they were driving and, and how how competitive it was. Um, his legacy to the sport is, is is enormous. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, he. Uh, what he achieved is is phenomenal, and you know that that was the days. You know when he started up uh, his Formula One team, and through the success, she was a bit simpler, simpler times. And you know, the, but then again, um, he and Patrick Head uh, did um, reinvent some of the the technology in there. Active suspension was a big part of of what um, Williams developed and and uh, used very very effectively in in a lot of their their success um, they were a phenomenal phenomenal team that grew and grew and grew and, and unfortunately um, in the last what how long has it been decade or so mm. um, they've not been able to you know be as good as uh, what they were in the past and it has been a struggle as the manufacturers come in come in on board and start to change Formula One and spend the money that they've been spending um, and I think that's a, probably a pretty good example really of, of how it's changed that uh, teams like family teams like Williams you know are, are not um, you know not like that anymore they're not around anymore they've, they've pretty much gone or been engulfed by other, you know, <laughs> gone other the, people gone with the picnic, lots more money. Gone are the picnic tables and the picnic rugs at, yeah. the, at the track, and it's all very uh, corporate now. It's uh, 7.55, coming your way after 8 o'clock with myself and Murph on this edition of Race Control, our good mates at Repco who are bringing the Bathurst. First up, we'll be talking to uh, Supercars champion-elect Shane Van Gisborne, followed by Anton Di Pasquale. Gisborne. 
Gisborne. Uh, Interesting. Did, 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 I, did I say Gisborne? Sanjay, who's our producer, did I say Gisborne? Oh, my goodness sake. Shane Van Gisbergen, Anton D. Pasquale, and Barry Ryan, who's the boss of Erebus, all coming your way after 8 o'clock. And don't forget, if you want to give us your best Bathurst memory, 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811, because in 2201, Rip Cowabring in the Bathurst. This is Race Control. It's just got 8 o'clock. That song, Murph, is called Over the Mountain by, have a listen. Who is it, Murph? Oh, uh, not Def Leppard, is it? It's, no. Um, oh, is that Ozzy? Yes. Very yeah. good. Ozzy Osbourne. Not biting the head yeah. off a bat on this one. Over the mountain. Yeah. Quite, quite appropriate. Speaking of being at the mountain, P2's Very. all done for the additional drivers. Lee Holdsworth. Uh, 205.22, James Moffat, 205.6, Alex Davison, 206.05, Garth Tander, your mate GT, 206, Dean Fiore, who, who's he partnering? Uh, Brad Jones. Ooh. He's with uh, Hazelwood. Uh, 206, Hazelwood. Craig Lowndes has yeah. dropped down a bit, uh, 206 at one, Luke Yulden, 206.2, Zach Best. And who's with... Um, he's a rookie. Yeah, he's... That's a really the, good he's by the, Zach Best. He's in the Tickford truck assist with LeBrock. And Tony Delberto right. uh, is at number nine, 206355. And David Russell in the Airbus is 206351. So those are the top 10. Man, there's nothing in this, is there? There is nothing in this. Yeah, there's a bit of a gap there uh, with Lee. I mean, he, that, was a, that was a beautiful lap uh, for him to only be about a tenth of a second off what um, Chaz did in the practice mm. one. And he's got a little bit of a gap there, three, just still nearly four tenths of a second. So um, he's done a, done a great job to spread the field a little bit there. You know how you were taking the mickey out of me before with uh, uh, Ricky and Beeve, you know, about how, how do you win a Bathurst? And I was saying, well, according to Murph, it's got to, your car's got to be right. You've got, you know, got to be on the day and you've got a bit of, a bit of luck. Is it simply that? There's so many factors. Oh, don't don't you know, wrinkle your um, nose up when you say that. Well, there is. I'm, I'm not wrinkling my nose up at you asking the question. I'm okay. wrinkling my nose up to go. I'm there's sensitive. a lot of things to it, and it's and it's one of those one of those uh, events where it just takes something completely out of your control mm-hmm. um, to kibosh your day. And that can be a safety car turning up just at the wrong time, yeah. uh, just in the wrong place. All sorts of things can happen. It only takes one little mistake. You know, we just saw there in P2, poor old Chris Pither, stick the Coca-Cola racing uh, entry from Brad Jones. That is just, they are just having an absolute well, they, shocker. They, 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 they didn't blow the most one. It was just sort of brakes or something. Or I think what? it was power steering. Power steering, I think it was a power right, steering yeah. issue this morning. They just, they just had um, no So, luck. you know, that's all it takes. You know, you've done now on the back foot massively. They missed a whole heap of time in the first session with that problem and now they've got a broken car that's going to take uh, a reasonable yeah. reasonable bit of uh, fixing and a late night by a whole lot of mechanics Ma- who will be tired tomorrow Man, how bad, so how those are the things that um, can just send you off on a tangent and you can never recover from because the competition is um, yeah. is so good. How bad does Chris Pitha feel? Alright, stick around, this is Race Control, they're good friends at Repco at 8.03 coming next, SVG
The drivers are very busy, so we've had a chance to catch up with a couple of them uh, before all the uh, really heavy stuff got on the way today. Uh, the first we spoke to was uh, SVG, the champion-elect for the supercar season of 2021, and I asked him uh, how much time he'd had to reflect on season 2021. Yeah, I guess last week was pretty cool. Like, we were spent four weeks in Sydney, and, um, you know, it was an awesome way to finish. Obviously, the, the actual day wasn't that good, the race, not being able to race, but, um, you know, team dinner was awesome atmosphere, and, yeah, getting to obviously be the best over those four weeks with the points and then to seal the, the championship, the team's championship, it's, uh, it's been an awesome year. Where do you think it was set up? Was it that huge run at the beginning of the year? Yeah, that and, um, you know, probably personally for myself, Sandown, um, what I went through before that with the collarbone stuff and getting to that weekend and uh, winning all three races where I probably I drove a car on the Tuesday before it and didn't think I'd be good enough to race by the weekend, you know. That gave me the confidence to know that um, we'd be good all year and we could really have a crack. But, um, yeah, we started the season really well and then all through the year we just – made less mistakes than others there were some there were some fast cars sometimes faster than us but i think we seem to be more consistent how did you manage that sand down weekend because it was you know it'll it'll become legendary stuff in years to come that you you win races with a broken collarbone yeah i just had good people around me i guess i um chris brady our team physio really helped and got me on the right painkillers and the right um, way to approach the races, um, all the padding I had on my shoulder and um, just, yeah, tried to do as le less as possible and just make sure I was fine when I got in the car. And yeah, that weekend was pretty tough, but when I was actually driving, I was fine. But getting out of the car, you know, I couldn't get changed. I couldn't get dressed and put my helmet on by myself. But um, getting once I was in the car, I was fine. What do you learn about yourself in situations like that to take forward into other situations where you need to know to push that a little bit extra? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't, I guess I did learn a bit about myself, like, um, you know, how much I really love driving and want to drive. Like, I just forced myself to go to the, um, the therapy every day and in the hyperbaric chamber every day and just made sure I could do everything possible to get out there on the track the week after. But, um, yeah, once I was driving, it was it was like normal, but the weeks beforehand was um, it was pretty intense. How hungry have you been this year, as opposed to your first championship? Oh, the same, uh, I guess. I don't know. I don't ever think about stuff like that, but um, it's just how the team is and the momentum we got and and the enjoyment, like um, the atmosphere in the team has been awesome this year, and we have had a lot of changes you know jamie retiring rd selling tony quinn coming in and a lot of stuff going on but um how hard everyone's working and how focused we all are is it's been really cool what do you think makes a team like that so good and so strong for so long lots of so's in there <laughs> yeah um oh, i guess just the leadership from above and that um it filters down through everyone and how motivated everyone is and the approach they take and how critical I guess we all are on ourselves when we do make mistakes and how, how we fix it, processes that we have in place to be better and yeah, and, and always um, always striving to be better. There's always something to learn and improve on yourself and everyone in the team can be better 
even though we've um, you know won all the big stuff this year so far, we can always be better next year. We'll get to Bathurst in just a moment, but let's just quickly touch on that wonderful race with you and Jamie having to go at each other. How much more of that would you like to see in supercars? Because we loved it. Oh, the, when he was told to let me through that race? Well, yeah. yeah. As I've said before, I'm torn because that race we probably should have won or at least had a really good chance at passing Will, and then Jamie chose to try and keep me behind which then uh, the racer and me loved it. Like, it was awesome. Maybe getting pushed off the track was a little bit much, especially by a teammate, but it is what it is. Like, the racing was epic. The battle was really cool. But then the after seeing all my team members and friends gutted that we didn't win and we, we battled amongst ourselves, That's that was the bit that probably makes it not so cool. You know, we, we were in front. The car in front took less tyres, had older tyres at the end. And we probably should have been racing him and had a chance to win the race. And um, Jamie decided to take that away from us. Um, but, yeah, again, it was an awesome battle. I love that. Everyone loved it. But as a team side, it wasn't very good. Oh, well, yeah, I love the attitude because uh, as I've been watching this Tom Brady thing, a uh, man in the arena, he says no one is above the team. So um, yeah. that's obviously yeah. why you guys are so successful. He's going to be your boss next year, but knowing you've got a, a boss who knows how to race, uh, does that give you extra comfort? Yeah, and he's not like that out of the car. He's very measured and calculated in what he does. But um, So I don't expect any of, that, any of that going on, but he's been around RD for so long. And I guess learnt from him and, and I guess the whole leadership team and all the higher members, I guess, if you want to say that, and our team know the way of, the, of how it's all going to work. So I don't expect much transition next year. It'll, it'll slowly start to creep in and Jamie's style will come through. But, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty good. I think it'll be really good for the team. Let's look at Bathurst. You want to win it again. How do you want yep. it again? Yep. Same as last year, we just got to turn up, be methodical with the setup and make no mistakes all day. And I think last year was probably a bit of a rarity, like we led the last 100 laps and just controlled it with no issues, you know. And I don't think it'll ever be that, I shouldn't say the word easy because it wasn't easy, but um, straightforward, I guess. You know, we got to just go there, try and be up the front all day and, and make no mistakes. It's going to be even harder for the co-drivers this year. Most of them haven't driven much or anything, so it's it's very tough to just jump in a supercar at Bathurst and, and be quick. So, yeah, I think we just got to take things smooth. You know, we've got four or five days to get up to speed in practice and make sure we got a straight, fast car on Sunday. Murph has suggested that you and Garth Tanner are the favourites because when you talk about co-drivers, Garth Tanner could still be in the main game. Yeah, for sure, but there's a lot of... A lot of guys like that that are that are going to be pretty quick, but um, I guess that's what we have—the continuity of it. Like Garth can just jump in my car, same sort of size, and you know he just jumps in, gets on with the job. And I think the first year he, um, you know, was still trying to be a main driver, make big setup calls and stuff. And last year he was a perfect co-driver. Just got in, was really patient, just did his job, built up, and, and he got better and better. And um, you know he just. He's, he's like us as a team, just loves the racing and really good team member and good attitude about it. He's, um, he's a great guy to have on our side. Interesting word you use, Shane, about Bathurst, patience, because you can start at the back and still win. Have you been in a yep. situation where 
you re- recognize that that was the most important word? Well, it's definitely up there. It took me a lot of time to, to learn that. You know, it's a thousand K race and anything can happen. But yeah, um, you know, it was a bit, our car wasn't that good on the Friday, uh, Thursday, even last year. And Garth had that feeling, you know, we were pretty loose and he just said, it'll come to us, you know. It's a, it's a public road there and the track gets better every day and rubbers up. So we didn't actually change the car that much. We just kept driving it and maybe missed a little bit of speed, but because we were used to it and just let the track come to us and yeah, by Sunday afternoon, the car was really, really quick. And it's that experience and learning just to let things come to you um, and things will work out. You know, you always, as I said before, you're always learning. I would describe you as an uncomplicated individual, just a pure, pure racer. Would that be fair? Yeah, I guess so. I just, I just love it. I don't really like, you know, the politics of all, of, all the outside stuff. But you know, once you're in there at the race weekend and just going racing, that's um, that's my favourite sort of place to be. I asked Jamie Winkup a couple of years back when you guys actually were here in Pukekohe racing the supercars run. I said, what was more important? A championship or Bathurst? And he said, a championship. What's your take? Yeah, yeah well, luckily I've won both now, which is cool, but certainly a championship. Um, I guess for short-term feeling and celebration, Bathurst, nothing beats that. Like, it's awesome. And, you know, the media stuff you get after and the coverage is, is huge. But knowing what you've done all year with your team, worked hard all year and, had to turn up every week and be better than everyone else. It's championship by far. You know, you put so much effort into the year and, and um, you know, seeing how stoked my mechanics were on the weekend, like they work so hard on the car and it's run faultlessly all year. And to see the look on their faces, even though the race was cancelled, that it quickly realised that we'd won the championship. And um, seeing that, you know, that, that feeling is awesome. Nationwide across New Zealand on SCNZ and if you're listening in Australia, you'll be listening on the SCN app. Time for the Repco feature interview and Murph, it's Anton Di Pasquale. Yes, it is. Uh, the young man from Melbourne who is doing great things at DGR. Uh, he was amazing in the last four rounds at Sydney Motorsport Park and I uh, got to have a chat to him uh, yesterday and ask him about how excited he is going into this weekend's Repco Bathurst 1000. Yeah, it's pretty good. We get to race the the cars five times in six weeks, which is um which is what we want to do. Obviously, we want to race. We had a big break there, so to do four weeks straight, even though I was at the one circuit, it was still very different each week. And just being able to drive the car so much leading into you know our biggest race and our most important races is, is quite good. Um, and then yeah, and then we get to come to Bathurst two times in one year. So how lucky are we? Yeah, no, that that's true. That is pretty good. Uh, bookings at Bathurst uh, for the championship um, is is pretty special. Hey, you mentioned just a second ago about about the break. You know, um, you've had a you had a big long break between t- the last Townsville race and then Sydney Motorsport Park. Now, I, I I sort of went back through all your results and and we're having a look at uh, races up to race nineteen before Sydney got underway, and you came out the gate at Sydney like you had started a new championship with the speed you had. What was it about that break, even though, you know, there's some good results in there prior to Sydney Motorsport Park, but nothing like the dominance, really, that you showed mm-hmm. when you got to Sydney. What, what happened during the break, mate? 
Yeah, it's interesting. We went um, at Townsville. We had obviously the two weeks there. So we ran like a pretty different car week to week, just learning for ourselves. So first week, we'll third in both races to the T8 guys. They had pace on us, but our race car was quite good. Um, and then the next week, we had a car which was qualified first and was faster in the shootout, but didn't race that well. So, um, yeah, basically sort of learned from that and then had a bit of a chat, you know, and then I just sort of made a little wish list and said, you know, if I've got this, this and that, I reckon we've got a pretty good car. Um, and then we rolled out at Sydney and I pretty much had everything that I could ask for from a driver's point of view. So from then it was just basically no excuses. I had to do, had to do the job because obviously the car was quite good and it sort of had everything I felt like I needed to, to drive it fast. Like it wasn't obviously easy to drive, but once you sort of feeling it and you're one with the car, there's little things that you can extract out of it. So just all that sort of piece together. Um, we had a pretty good four weeks. We had a few races mm. that. Um, weren't ideal, but the majority of it was awesome. So, yeah, we sort of just rolled out. Obviously, that that track does suit the car and has in the past. But um, I guess the best part of that was I think every week, even though we rolled out strong, I think everyone was improving and we were able to still improve. Um, mm. as, and especially to the hard tyre. Our race wasn't that good, but, like, the speed to get out of the hard tyre and then still improve week on week and keep a gap, um, which was, was was quite cool. So myself and Ludo and the rest of the team were um, working good together and we're learning things and basically validating some of the stuff which we, we thought we needed to know. So And that's and that's what the whole first year is about. We're just basically understanding yeah. myself, the car, relationship, um, learning things. You're not going to get everything right, but once you sort of know what that recipe is, you're just trying to master that and make that work on every track, which is um, hopefully we've got a little bit of that now. We'll see that here possibly this week if we have some dry running and stuff. And then really the big test will probably be going to Newcastle uh, start of next year and see if that all translates to a street circuit. So it feel like two years to you? I mean, um, I mean, it was a decent old break in between. I mean, it does take time to uh, learn you know, the idiosyncrasies of a, of a new car that, you know, an Aludo Lacroix car, which we know is, is pretty special and, and needs to be driven a certain way. And we know Scott McLaughlin mastered that uh, beautifully. And and this is um, very respectful. I mean, I, it felt, it looked like to me when you rolled back in at Sydney Motorsport Park at the start of that, I'm, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you looked very Scott McLaughlin-like. You know, I don't mind you saying he's, he's pretty fast Kiwi, isn't he? He's uh, won a few races and won a few things. So I've always said, like, obviously you want to have your own legacy and your own reason for people to know who you are. But if you're getting compared to, you know, someone like Scott, someone like yourself, Scafey, Jamie, anyone that's done well and you respect, obviously it's a good thing. So, yeah, well, I think I like we use that um, time in the break to we didn't really do much stuff to the car, just kind of fine-tuned it. You know, obviously the boys done an amazing job preparing the car. So we rolled out with any niggly things that we're carrying in Townsville sort of sorted um, and the car was spot on. And then at the same time, um, just spent a bit of time just understanding, you know, had that time to have a break and go, okay, as a driver, I need to do this, this and this. Yeah. And I'll be better myself. So it's yeah. it's one of those sports where you can't just, you know, you can't just sit back and go have a holiday and relax. So the whole time for three months, every night before yeah. the bed, I'm thinking, okay when i go to sydney i gotta do this i gotta do that and it's learning because it is a very different driving style um it's it suits my driving style but it's just extracting yeah. that and feel what i need when i need it and knowing what i'm looking for to make the car fast because that's very different team to team so just understanding all that spending a bit of time at norwell um and just and just thinking about it all yeah. and then working on that and then really it's just you know it's relationships and understanding and knowledge and once you feel 
what you need to go fast, then just basically trying to translate that and get that every track, yeah. And, and confidence is, is the, the single most powerful tool in the arsenal, isn't it? Yeah, confidence is good. So once I sort of at Sydney, obviously three odd months out of the car, we didn't do a test day or anything. So once I did that first sort of lap and I felt what the car had and the strengths and you could feel it quite quickly. And then it just mm. sort of gave it, I'm like, sort of gave me the confidence to push and push and push. And then when you got a car that sort of every time you push, you sort of give you something back and you get response, you push a bit harder, then you get confidence. And um, obviously you start working together and, and results come. So that's, that's obviously what it takes in this sport. It's not, it's so, so difficult at the front and the, the competition is so high. So you need to be sort of on, on top of everything to get race wins against the guys in the field. Um, the, the the last four rounds at Sydney Motorsport Park, I mean, they, they threw everything at everyone. I mean, different uh, formats, different tyre combination weekends. Uh, the weather was, was pretty interesting yeah. stuff. Um, your car in the wet, though, um, where do you think you're at with that? I mean, the the last the last qualifying session of of um, the weekend was a was a pretty tough one for you. Is is uh, is that something that you guys are sort of trying to maybe understand a little bit more, or the other reasons why maybe uh, you didn't get the best out of it in those in those wet conditions? Um, a little bit of both, yeah. So our car was obviously really good on the on the soft tire. Um, we we're questionable whether we thought we we're fast on a hard tire. Um, we didn't really use it previously, so we ticked that off. So that was awesome. And then the wet car, the week or the two weeks before, we're, and we got a pole in the wet and racing in, in, in second in that night race. So our wet car was all right. And then come that Sunday, we tried some bit with the pressures. So oh, we missed the first um, run, so we'll, we'll know where. And then that's sort of when the most guys got their fast laps in. And then we came in, pitted, fixed all that up a bit. And then it was a bit wetter. Um, and then I was on a lap that would have put me probably fifth in that session. And I'd sprayed it. And yeah. I was in the grass and I come out and sort of did the same lap time. So yeah, the lap time I actually qualified out was off the road at one point. So yeah, our car, I, I don't think it's probably not as dominant as we were in the dry, but in the wet, it's always a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, we, we weren't completely out of the window it wasn't something like that we just i ultimately what cost has been in that shootout was was a mistake by me i locked the front straight off the road and dropped like over a second so yeah anyway that is the way it goes um hey are you, are you looking back and reflecting on uh you know the the dnfs uh throughout the the season at all or are you just go you're just pushing them to one side and going they are what they are we move on is it is a little bit of you know, retrospect thinking, or it's just we're, we're focused on, on 2022 and also obviously having a great finish to the year at Bathurst. Yeah, I think going into this year, um, thinking, obviously you're trying to win a championship, you're trying to win the first race and all that kind of stuff, but probably going into this year going, we're going to win the championship or whatever is probably not super realistic and probably a little bit disrespectful to the other guys in the category. Obviously, you know, with Shane, dominating this year and then cam was i was looking like he was probably going to be up there as well um jamie you know it's quite difficult to just walk in new team new car to yourself and go oh yeah no dramas we're going to do it it's just not i'm, I'm not realistic even though it hasn't happened before um so it was always a learning year and we're going to just take that as a comes. but yeah like i think even with the dnfs like i probably would be around jamie in second maybe third around there but we're still going to be Shane this year so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. You obviously look at it and go, "There's probably I'm probably more 
not disappointed in the championship result because, like I said, we weren't. No one was going to beat Shane this year. Um, he was he was so dominant. But there's probably a couple of race wins that have gone astray due to um, some DNFs that would have been nice to have. Um, I got Let's talk Bathurst. Uh, it's going to be a huge week when you get underway, and um, as as appearing to you and and, and Tony Delberto, uh, how's that squaring up? Yeah, so um, it was quite cool. We obviously we elected not to test pre SMP um, and use that so we could get Tony in the car and he spent most of the test day that we did at SMP um, in the car doing some race runs and some short runs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then he also did the co-driver session and then as well did Super 2. So he's, he's been doing a heap of miles and he's been putting heaps of effort. So um, when we're rolling here, we're in the, in the best position we can be. Um, I, I guess the benefit is he's been with the team for many years also, so longer than myself and Will. So throughout the weekend, we'll be leaning on him for a bit of, you know, how does this feel? How does that feel? Is that normal? Is this normal? Because he's he's done it over the years. So it's cool to have him experience the team be, and be part of it all. Um, and, yeah, so far, everything's working quite well. Um, he fits he fits probably better in the car than he did with Fabs. Obviously, I'm not as tall as Fabs and yep. the rifle yep. brand all that stuff so i think he's quite excited that you know the pedal's in a position that is a bit easy for him to break and blip and he's not reaching as much so i think he's quite excited for that as well so what's going to happen how's this week going to unfold mate um she is going to be very very tough out out there this week you've got a champion elect who um you know doesn't have to worry about uh, points anymore uh what are you going to do to what are you going to have to do to be on par and and or and or be better than um, SVG and Garth Tander this weekend. Yeah, it's a tough one because obviously they're red hot favourites. Um, won it last year, and obviously at the start of the year as well. So we, you know, it's hard to hard to say. Um, I think we had a relatively quickish car at the start of this year. wasn't super comfortable, yep. but original pole was sort of third, fourth thereabouts. Um, first sort of run with the team. So, and first run with the team at Bathurst is never a, probably the best place to start. It's obviously the most daunting track we go to and mm. the highest risk. So a lot more understanding what we need to do. Obviously there's going to be a heap of cars are going to be fast. Um, these days, I think a fast car is what ultimately wins you the race, especially if it's dry, but you have to be there to be in the fight at the end. So that's sort of the first goal, obviously get through qualifying, you know, hopefully make the street and all that fun stuff. But ultimately just be part of that lead pack um, come Sunday afternoon when it's time to strike and see what we got. Anton Di Pasquale talking to Murph earlier this week. Mate, I have never heard him talk so with so much clarity. That was a really lovely yeah. interview. Really lovely interview, mate. And I remember you saying, and we've talked about this before, you were never quite convinced early on about whether Anton Di Pasquale was going to deliver on all the hype around him. But I think we've seen this year, and probably more the second half of the year, oh, yeah, there's plenty to come. Yeah, and I have to admit when I'm wrong because um, he is proving it. I didn't have the balls to actually uh, uh, tell him that I didn't believe in him to start with either. Um, but because I, uh, yeah, he's he's absolutely grown on me, and 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 you can just tell what a what a humble, yeah. uh, great young man he is, who is loving what he's doing, and 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 knows how 
how hard he's worked, but he, he knows how fortunate he is as well. And, and um, it, it's just it's great to see him achieving what he's achieving and, and doing it so well and, and uh, so doing it so hum, in a, such a humbling manner yeah. as well. So it's, it's cool. And he didn't, he didn't have a great P1. Well, actually, sorry, I shouldn't say that. P1 uh, this morning, uh, he was 15th, only 7 tenths off the fastest lap but I would say what happened there is I would say that he did, probably didn't put a second set of tyres on his uh, Shelby Power Mustang um, because Will Davison was a lot closer he was only a couple of tenths off or actually he was yeah, yeah, one tenth off Delberto was P9 so, with a 206 in the second yeah, session. Yeah so I think um, I think he's probably in pretty good shape. Tomorrow will be uh, a bit of telling because uh, they'll want to get out there and do um, some simulation for qualifying before they get into qualifying so that'll be really yeah. where, it, where it stands but yeah. I would say he only used one set of tyres in that practice session and is probably in pretty good shape. Nice chat bro, really really nice chat and if you want to hear that again about 40 minutes after we end the show at 9 o'clock it'll be up on the SENZ and SEN app and you can hear Murph uh, talk to Anton Di Pasquale. We're actually going to talk to his former boss in just a moment, that's uh, Barry Ryan. Time to go to Bathurst and talk to the Penrite Racing CEO, Barry Ryan. And Barry, thanks for joining myself and Murph. We've just been talking to a former employee of yours, a young chap called uh, Anton Di Pasquale. I've got to ask you this question. Did you, was there any of a stage when he was driving for you thought, is he is he actually going to deliver on all the hype? I, I think Anton delivered from the first time we brought him in the car at a test day. So, yeah, I always had a lot of faith in Anton. I still do. And unfortunately... He's with another team now. <laughs> fair play, fair play. <laughs> hey, mate, uh, thanks for joining us. I know uh, there's plenty going on over there at Bathurst right now. Just um, uh, practice one uh, earlier today. Uh, the boys were, I think, 10th and 12th. Um, just give us a rundown on how the practice session went and, and what you guys got through and how happy everyone is. Yeah, first session was actually really positive. Uh, Brody went out the gate like nothing I've ever seen and... You know, I think he did a five-five on his pre-third lap or something. Crazy. It's and his fourth. Yeah, like, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. It was lap four. Yeah. <laughs> and then Will come in. He's done, he'd done a six-two, and he's like, "What do you mean, Brody's done a five-five? So Will went straight back out and did a five-seven. Like, oh, here we go. But um, the cars are straight, and um, then they sort of get, got into a bit of a race thing, just trying to make sure it was comfortable. Um, you know, at a different level of speed, which um, was really positive. Um, and did you guys have another crack at it later on, like some did, or just you settled for what you were doing? Yeah, we tried the um, race spec tyre. I guess sometimes you have different code tyres, as you know, Murph, different batches. Yeah. So we tried the um, race batch later in the in the session, and um, yeah, it wasn't quite as good as the older batch, which was funny. But the balance was still fine. Just changed it. And we didn't quite get the most out of it. But, yeah, it's fine. But we know what to do, so it's all good. Barry, you've come back from the break, and you'd have had a, you'd had a wonderful uh, Sydney Motorsport Park. What what changed in the break? Because you're one of those teams that everybody wants to see succeed. Yeah, that's nice to hear. But, yeah, um, yeah I think the biggest thing was um, we went into the break. And I guess we had two young drivers, a couple of new engineers, and it was almost like a... You know, a perfect time to have that long break because it's like starting a new season when we come back. So, you know, George and Tommy, our main engineers, got a good chance to just really decipher where we'd been for the year and work out where we wanted to head. And, um, yeah, we just changed the direction a bit and the um, the mechanics did a really good job of just, just tuning up the cars and making a few things lighter and moving a bit of ballast around and just 
really trying to work on getting the cars just that little bit nicer and it always makes a difference and yeah it just it was just a little bit of time TLC on the cars and the the engineers getting more of a structure of how we're going to go into the back end of the season yeah it's really good as soon as we bounce out the gate yeah, see, we were really impressed, and, and I was super impressed with Will Brown uh, when he and Brady were having a go at Super uh, Sydney, and, and he said, we win as a team and we lose as a team. And I thought that was a huge yeah. statement to make about the culture that you guys have created. Has it been an easy culture to create with two young men like that? Yeah, it's actually been easy, a lot easier than what I've had in the past. And, um, yeah, I won't say too much, but you know, at the start of the year, I was pretty well... <laughs> battered and bruised by the media and I was the problem, I was toxic and all that and Murph knows I'm pretty toxic sometimes but I'm, I've always got my heart in the right place and um, I just sat the boys down at the end of last year, just me and Brody and Will went to dinner and I said the only way we're going to succeed is if you two actually want each other to win and that was mm. probably the best conversation I could have had with them and both of them are naturally like that anyway so we're pretty lucky that they just—they're so happy to see each other succeed, but obviously they get down a bit too. When when Will won that yeah. race, Brody was a little bit down because he wanted to be the one that delivered our first race win this year. But yeah, you know, he bounced back pretty hard the next weekend. That must, uh, and, and that's awesome. It's great to hear that. And you've got to have still have that con- competitive spirit. We, you've got to have it regardless. And, and if he yeah. if he didn't show a little bit of um, hurt there, well, then, you know, um, he, you know, all the tools aren't quite in the right place. But, mate, that must have been for, to see that win and see that drive by Will. Um, obviously, there was some action going on behind as well. But for him to show yeah. that maturity and control for yep. that length of time and look after those tyres, mate. I mean, you, you must have thought yeah. he was a 20-year veteran. <laughs> That's funny because Will comes across as, you know, sometimes you think I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> that's all, 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 all respect to him, but, but that's the way he comes across. And But yeah. he's very, very smart, very calculated, and, you know, he's a pilot, so, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of skills as well. And he, he really focused on what Jamie and particularly the way Shane drives the car and he got to follow him mm. in week one and week two I think and he really learned a lot of Shane about how you look after the tyres and mm. in the end he was like you just got to drive it at 80% you just got to look after the tyres and all of a sudden you know you might lose a bit to the guys in front but all of a sudden they come back to you and you're just mm. doing it easy so he just he really focused on that and he knew that if he just stopped the car turned it nicely and just got, got the exit right no way that would have passed him. So that was his attitude. But but at that age, with that amount of experience, the word patience isn't something you usually um, attribute to <laughs> to someone like that, is it? Yeah. And 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 that's exactly what yeah. he did. He just managed to show patience beyond his age and his experience. Yeah, exactly. Even I think it was race one on the first week when. He messed up the pit stops, but um, he was, I think he was second, and Shane was behind mm. him, and Will was like pulling away. And Shane was on the radio going, This guy's just going to burn off his tyres because I was scanning Shane's yeah. Shane's channel. And it took Shane uh, till lap 15, which was the lap we were pitting anyway, to, to get to the back of him. And um, yeah, I was like, Geez, he's done a good job there. And he, um, he said to him after the race, Well, you know, how did you manage the tyres? He said, I just just looked after him. I just went as fast as the car would let me go without sort of robbing too much out of the tyres. So I that's think awesome. that's the key, as you know, Murph, if you could have some sympathy for the tyre and actually really feel what the tyre is doing, if you've got that natural feel, it probably comes easy. 
Barry, who's the more natural, more naturally talented of the two? Uh, um, it's hard to split them. They're, they're totally different characters. But Will's probably more natural, and he ju- it just comes to him. And Brody works really hard at it. He's obviously very natural as well, but he works really hard at it. And he's really focused on the technical side. So he's engineer. You know, he he, he works that engineer hard. George George doesn't. He goes home at night, and Brody's on the phone to him. You know, constantly saying, what if we do this? What if we do that? How's this look on the data? Brody gets the data himself and, you know, looks at things and he'll come to George in the morning and go, I've seen this on the data. What do you think if we do this? And, well, Will's just, just tell me how to drive faster or where I need to get to that time and just try and find it. <laughs> hey, you, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned pit stops. You didn't. You've had a couple of mares um, at, at SNP. Yeah. Uh, what have you? I mean, is that sitting in the back of your mind? We just we need to get everything right. You are you going to over practice them just to make sure you get those stops right? No, Bathurst is totally different. Bathurst is like the last city most sport park where you got four guys, four guns. Yeah, um, there's not, a lot less stress. So when we messed up those pit stops there, we just. We actually we knew it was a pressure thing because pit stop practice was really good, and we actually went out 10:30 that night in pit lane. And I basically said, to them, "We're going to show pit lane that we're taking this seriously." And <laughs> the boys were out there under pressure because the whole of pit lane's watching us do pit stops, knowing we messed it up. And um, yeah, that was probably the turning point. In just the boys work so well together to help each other fix it. And um, yeah, it's just a mental thing. It's it is daunting, especially when you. You're told, right, this is an important stop where potentially going to win this race and somebody will just go to water. And you just, some people just don't manage it as well as others. And it seemed poor old Will being that, uh, yeah, it seemed that he was the first in on, you know, each each race meeting and would get the uh, the poor one as well. He must have been starting to get a complex <laughs> there for a bit. Yeah, he was. But I was proud of him too. He didn't lose his shit at all. But maybe... Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have. Um, yeah, I, he's like me. He's exactly like me. No, no, I wouldn't have lost my shit. <laughs> no, you're very calm. I've never seen you blow up, Miss. Never. No, it's right. Never. Hey, uh, just quickly on the... Um, uh, no, it's not. That's for another time. That's, a, that's an after-hours one, that one. Um, just quickly on the, the co-drivers, David Russell, Jack Perkins, uh, P2, uh, again, looking yep. pretty comfortable there by the looks of it. Yeah, they were both. They both did a fantastic job, and uh, I think you know Jacko pretty well. Murph, um, mm. he just he was excited to get in the car. You know, he just wanted to feel what our car was like compared to what he's not used to. And straight at the gate, he was on the money. Um, we ran a good set of tyres earlier than everyone else, so they probably didn't get to show what they could have done at the end. And a couple of guys yeah. actually ran two sets of tyres, so I think they're predicting rain tomorrow. But, um, but no, we're really happy with them, and we just loaded up the fuel after they did their fast runs, and just made sure the car was good on full tanks or you know near full tanks, and they were both really, really consistent and really, um, really impressive. So we're on to go. Well, Barry, just listening to you to talk to us right now, you sound incredibly relaxed and calm and, and happy that you've your your, your whole organisation is going forward in the right direction. So we can only wish you the best of luck and uh, have you smiling at the end of the the great race. Yeah, thanks, guys. Murph knows I'm just a calm, relaxed person. And I'm, uh, yeah, we mm. both are. We both never get <laughs> yeah, right. It was, it was, it was great <laughs> acting. 
It was great acting on the, um, you know, when they did the, the doco. That was very good acting. Yeah. Barry. Yeah, that wasn't me at all. That, that just, yeah. No. Who was, who was that mask, man? Barry, thanks so much for your time, buddy. Have Best a great one, luck. brother. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm stealing you not here, mate. Yeah, well, mate, you built a beautiful year. car for me. I hope it's off the trailer now not, yeah. and being presented somewhere nice for everyone to look at. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's sad, but yeah. anyway. Don't worry, but Barry, year, he's next filthy. Year. He's filthy. Next year, next year. Thanks, mate. There you go, Barry Ryan, Penrite Racing. See what, mate, Murph? What's no, your... it's not. It's not. Pen, it's not. You've got it wrong. Yeah. You said that at the start too. What? Not anymore, mate. It's Is it Erebus not Motorsport. Uh, Erebus Motorsport. Oh, okay. No, no. Got was, it wrong. Yeah, no, I got gone. it wrong. I got it wrong. I got it's it wrong there. Gone. I it's made another mistake. Um, what's your yeah. relate? How, how long have you known Barry Ryan? Uh, we worked together at Kmart Racing back ah. in two thousand and one. 2001. Okay, that's where the relationship comes in. I, honestly, though, Murph, just listening to the way he talks, and he talks about those boys as like they're his sons, right? And and and, well, and, and he under, yeah. so I'm beginning to understand now why things seem to be rolling together better for the team because you know they're they're, they're that team that you want to succeed because they've got characters yeah, in totally. there. Yeah, and and Barry. Barry does. He wears his heart on his sleeve. I mean, he is the epitome of that saying. Um, and, yeah, he he doesn't like failure. He doesn't like uh, mistakes. He doesn't like none of us. And, yeah, he shows it differently, but he still is a good, very good leader, a mm. very, very good leader. And, um, you know, he, he respects those that respect him, and it's a, it's a give-and-take situation. And he knows what he's doing. He knows how to run a race team. Yeah. He just is a little bit different, and, and it's good that people are different. We like to see. We don't want to see the bland and the boring. No. And he certainly is not bland, and he certainly is not boring. And, and, and we get on really well because we're probably, our personalities are actually probably quite similar in many respects. So I've, I've got a huge, huge amount of respect for Barry and, and what he's doing at, at Erebus and, and, uh, and what Betty Clemenko has done as well. So, yeah, kudos to them and, and fingers crossed for more success. Well, he's, he's part owner of the team now, isn't he? So yes, he is. He's, yeah. got, he's, yeah. got, he's got a sort of a, a vested interest in the place. Stake. Yeah, a little, little little steak in there, but it's it's just just he sounds like the sort of guy you could sit down over a beer and tell a million stories and be laughing all night. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we've done that uh, on on many, many, occasions many occasions in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it's been too long. It's also been too long since you know these things happen. You got great relationships in the paddock there, and yeah. and people that you enjoy spending time with, and it uh, it's now been uh, a considerable amount of time. So you know, looking forward to actually getting back there to. Oh. to uh, Chat the, the, face to face rather than the closer it get, the, the closer the closer it gets. So you're feeling just a little bit more filthy that you're not racing. No, not at all. I'm actually, no. I'm not. I'm actually completely in a in a pretty relaxed, happy place. I'm not uh, feeling like I've missed out because, you know, I didn't want to be doing something that I wasn't prepared for, and yeah. we weren't going to be prepared. And Barry and I were on the same line with that. We were we're very much in agreement of where it needed to be, and he didn't want to produce or provide, uh, you know, a service that wasn't going to be as good as it could possibly be, and it was compromised. So I think Richie and I are glad that, um, you know, probably the right thing happened at the end we were forced into it because we couldn't obviously yeah. travel um, and that means that uh, you know hopefully next year is an opportunity to to do it much better and do it well sorry not and do, do it properly and do it right do it, do it right but do it properly yeah yeah because right. Russell Engel was yeah. tw- last dead last in P2 and you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't want to be there you don't want to be there you do not want to no, be there no but you but you also don't want to judge that either oh, because I'm just having some fun you know 
Yeah, but you shouldn't because it'll come back to bite you. Um, you oh, know, wow. he, he will be just taking his time and and building up to it. And, you know, um, uh, he's probably looking at the data right now between him and Brock Feeney, who, mm. you know, Kendra, was yeah. in the fives yeah. um, in his session um, and going, where am I going to find this time? But he will find uh, quite a lot of time by tomorrow. <sighs> it's back. That'll go right. Hey, this is our last second, the last show. Last show next week, buddy. So we'll be talking all yep. about Bathurst, well, Bathurst next week. I think we know week. what we're talking about. Yeah, I think we know what we're exactly. talking about, mate. Uh, have a great night, and I shall listen. See you ooh, for our last Sky Speed show on next Tuesday. All on right. Tuesday. Yeah. Correct. I'll tell me See last. You New Zealand at Aotearoa. Good night. Yep. Later. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Sanjay. Appreciate it always. Top job, mate. Don't be sarcastic, Stephen. <laughs> poor Sanjay. Oh, poor Sanjay. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs>